0: Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. So Pam and I are on vacation this week. At a place called Quiet Waters. It is in Loudoun, Tennessee. Some of our dear friends, Vince and Jill Franz, they host us from time to time. And it is by Telco Lake. Now, this morning, it is raining and it is cool. It is in the 40s. 100% chance of rain today. So, what better thing to do than go outside and tape a podcast? <laughs> But as I'm thinking about this morning and as uh, the Lord brought back a certain memory on another cold and rainy day, I felt like it connected with the reading from Romans 6. Remember, we're going to take a slow journey through three chapters that if I were ever exiled or in prison or ever in need of just three chapters— two pages of the bible i couldn't take a whole bible I, I for whatever reason all i could have were three chapters i would i would want and wish romans 6 7 and 8 so we'll walk through this together over the next several weeks we may have some different podcast in between we'll see how the lord leads us but again this is all about the person of the holy spirit the power of the holy spirit experiencing his intimacy and experiencing his activity. So, but on this morning, this rainy, cool morning, praying about Romans six and thinking about uh, some things as the Lord was leading me, I remembered a story when I remember a time, I wanna say I was in fifth or sixth grade. Now, I will say fifth, sixth grade's, were not kind to me. I was a, a rather overweight um, young man, burr haircut, prone to styes. But the worst part, I stuttered. Actually, more accurately, I had a pretty severe speech impediment. It wasn't so much as a stutter. It was I couldn't say certain words, vowels, R's, O's, U's especially. They just, I just couldn't speak well. So can you imagine <laughs> in that day and age, bullying? Oh my gosh, they the other kids in my class had lots of lots of reasons to bully me, and they did They chose every they chose every one of them. this particular day, I want to say it was in November, and it was raining, and it was cool to even cold, maybe in the uh, Maybe in the high thirties, low forties. Here it's it's in the mid forties, and it's it's very cool to maybe cold, but it's it's really raining. And I remember um, being a particularly hard day of bullying in school, and I want to say it was again fifth grade. So had a hard day of being bullied for every reason under the sun. Already <laughs> um, an emotional mess. Already having just in a bad mindset, right? So mom was going to pick us up from school, as often was the case, my twin sister Pam and I. But I remember thinking back even this morning to this memory, there was something, I was either supposed to be had a meeting with my speech therapist, Mrs. Eubanks, or something, I had had something that I was supposed to be at after school. Well, whatever it was, it got canceled. It got canceled, and so I was going to ride home as normal with, with Mom and with my twin sister Pam on this rainy, cool afternoon after school. Well, I was late. Guess why? I was being bullied. I remembered so clearly just being made fun of at my locker, and um, a couple of kids just kept me from making it to, to be there where Mom would pick us up. So here I am finally getting out of the grip and the grasp of these kids who were bullying. And as I was kind of running through the hallways trying to get to um, outside to where mom was going to pick us up, I remember being stopped by a teacher for running in the hallway. (laughs) So once again, another delay. Finally, I make it outside the building. I've got my rain slicker on. I've got rain boots on. You You might remember... I think they were yellow even. (laughs) I think they were duck yellow. Those yellow duck boots, if you will. And I remember running out of the school, pouring down rain, cold, and I saw Pam, my twin sister, get into the car and then I saw the worst thing I could possibly imagine. The car left. Because mom, again, remember, mom had already been told i was already supposed to stay after school for a while i think it was like an hour and again i think it was either tutoring or even more speech therapy but whatever the case it got canceled and i still to this day remember specifically what happened as i saw mom drive off so i'm running as fast as i can mom is pulling out of the parking lot and I'm yelling. I'm yelling at her now. It's raining and it's cold, so the windows are rolled, rolled up. So there's not too much of a chance she's going to hear me. But I'm yelling, Mama, 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 I'm here, stop. And I still, to this day, I, got, um, I never got real close to the car. But I remember stopping, taking off one of my boots. Can you just picture this? Took off one of my rain boots. And I slung it as far as I could, thinking, that if I could hit the back of the car, which of course I had no chance of hitting the back of the car with a rain boot, but thinking in my fifth grade mind I could, that if I could just hit the back of that car with the rain boot, mama would stop. She'd notice something was happening. She'd look in the rearview mirror. She would stop and she would come back and pick me up. It didn't happen because the rain boot fell far short (laughs) of the back of that car. And I remember standing, pouring cold rain, one boot on, one boot off, standing there. I was literally paralyzed with fear, paralyzed with the inability to think beyond. I've been abandoned. I, I still, to this day, I remember that. You know how we have those thoughts. We, So many times things happen in history and we can tell you exactly where we were, right? We can say, I remember when the space shuttle exploded. I remember when John F. Kennedy was assassinated or Martin Luther King was assassinated. I remember, uh, uh, of course, 9-11. Um, I remember those moments, right? And they're, they're forged. They're, they really are kind of melted into our, our consciences, our, our, our memories. This was one of those moments for me where I just remember the feel. I remember everything about that moment. I remember the rain just falling uh, around. I mean, I had the, the, my rain slicker was pulled up over my head, but I still remember my face being wet with tears and with rain drops coming down hard but cold. And I just remember those last brake lights as she had, mom had gotten to the bottom of the drive of the school and she stopped at the, the stop sign and those brake lights for just a moment. And then the brake lights went off, which meant she was moving on now. And I still remember the, guys, the dread and the fear. And and I, the best, I think the best I can explain it is the abandonment. I've used that word once and I'll use it again. I felt abandoned at that moment where, <laughs> in some sense, for a fifth grader, all hope was lost. I was in despair, and I was paralyzed. I remember I was paralyzed, and I, I think I remember standing there for minutes upon minutes upon minutes. I I don't know how long I stood there, but I don't think I remember moving until a teacher. I, it could have been Miss Copper uh, Coppersmith. She was a, um, a fourth grade teacher, I think, uh, and then Mrs. Uh, I think possibly Mrs. Arms. I believe could have been the teacher, but one teacher, I remember a teacher, don't remember exactly who it was, but what may have been one of those two, they came out and I, at that time I went by Timmy and they said, Timmy, Timmy, are you okay? Are, or what's wrong? I couldn't even talk. So I remember she turned me around. We walked back into the school. Yes, I still had one boot on and one boot off, walked into the school and took off my range slicker and and it was a while before I could actually say something. I, it was almost, almost traumatized, almost traumatized from, from this moment where I felt abandoned. I felt like I was going to, for whatever reason, never see mom again. I, I, I don't even know what was going through that fifth grade mind of mine, except that sense of I was left behind. I was left behind. So finally, I, I got the words to speak and told the 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 teacher or the principal or the principal's assistant, whoever it was. I told they called home, and I remember them telling me after they hung up, "Your mom thought you had an appointment after school. She is coming right back." And while I I felt some relief, I remember breaking in tears just because of the trauma of it. So I don't think those tears were relief tears. I think they were they, they were, the, bent, they were the, uh, the stored up trauma tears from just a few moments before. Now, this had all happened in just a few short minutes, right? This, hasn't, this, this wasn't like a two-hour ordeal. This was 10 minutes at the most. And yet the trauma, isn't it fascinating, interesting, how moments like those, and I wonder if anyone listening, has moments like those back in your childhood days. And and praise God, some of these moments can be really good, right? They can shape us for the good. Some of these moments are hard moments like this one. They're trauma moments. Rainy, cold day. And so here I am at White Waters in Loudon, Tennessee, and cold, rainy day. And guess what? One of the first thoughts I had thinking about this podcast and thinking about Romans 6 was... That moment. So mom comes back, the end of the story. Mom comes back, and I am still without one boot. I I still think that's pretty funny because I remember walking out with mom. Pam, my sister, was with her. They literally had just gotten home. They had gotten a phone call. They turned right back around, and we didn't live more than five minutes from the school. So in total, this probably was a 15-minute moment of time. 15 minutes of trauma and of thinking my mom had abandoned me. So she comes back, she comes to the office. Uh, I don't even remember like running to her or hugging her. At that point, I think I had kind of realized, okay, this is, yeah, this is just a normal, not normal, but this was going to be okay. I still remember walking out to the car and I see past the car now because there's my boot in the middle of the, the drive where she had driven off just about 10 minutes before. So we, uh, on the way out, we picked up my boot. <laughs> so I remember, this is it right here. I remember the words my mama told me. When we were in the car, she said, and I can almost quote it. She said, Timmy, you should have figured that I was going to come back for you. You should have figured. You should have knew. You should have known that I was going to come back. You should have known. You should have figured. That's what she said. You should have figured that I was going to come back for you. I should have. But, oh, sometimes we don't, do we? We don't figure on what we should figure on, which takes us to Romans 6, especially, especially verse 11. Uh, Paul is continuing this theme that sin sin is dead. This is, this is amazing. We'll get to more of that later on. But he goes on to talk about the fact that sin has lost its power. We are no longer slaves to sin, he says in verse 6. In verse 7, he says that when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Verse 8, since we died with Christ, we shouldn't. Know. we know that we also will live with him. Uh, and and in verse 10, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Now we get to verse 11. And here's the, the heartbeat of, I think, this section of what Paul is trying to get us to understand. Verse 11, chapter six says this, so you should also consider yourselves, One translation would say, you should reckon yourselves. In fact, that's the original Greek language. You should reckon yourselves. We'll come to reckon in just a few minutes. But you know a word that you could add in there? So you should figure, just like mama told me, you should figure yourself to be dead to the power of sin. You should just know, you should just know that you are dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Come on, come on. What a one-two punch for our lives. You should consider, reckon, figure. You should know that you are dead to the power of sin and you should know that you are alive to God through Christ Jesus. So this word reckon in the Greek means that you should already know it by faith, by this, by, and not only by faith, but also by previous experience. That's what that means. So you should already know because of what God has already done, what he's done for you in regards to sin. See, I should have known my mama's character. I should have known my mama was not going to leave me hanging. I should have known that my mom was going to come back for me. I should have known, but panic took over. Trauma set in despair began to envelop me as much as the rain was falling around me so was this hopelessness and for what for what because of the moment the moment of time was more and somehow more um, prominent than the reality of what i knew my mama to be my mama guess how many days my mama had picked me up from school every day you know how many days my mama was going to pick me up from school until I could drive myself? Every day. My mama had never failed in picking me up from school, not one time. And so this word reckon is, this really, is, is really the weight of this word is you should have known and you should continue to know. So when verse 11 says, so you should also consider yourselves reckon yourselves, figure yourselves to be dead to sin, to the power of sin. Then based on not only our faith in what God has done through Jesus Christ, but also based on what we know of God's character, we should already know, guys, that we are dead to sin based on what God's already done and what God has already said. So this understanding of sin, um, I've shared this story before uh, in church. and In fact, this may have been my very first sermon at Firmers Chapel. I remember Chuck Hendricks um talked about this um, sermon a lot. I, I think I preached it one other time, but I remember clearly I preached it, and it could have been my very first sermon at Firmer's Chapel. So live in Southern Indiana, grew up in Kentucky. I am very familiar. I do a lot of running, a lot of biking, a lot of walking on country roads. I am ve- very familiar with roadkill, okay? I am. I'm very familiar with roadkill, unfortunately. And so possums, when possums die, or when possums get hit, now <laughs> this is not going to be the uh, the 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 most pleasant imagery. But for some who may have heard this, you know where you know where we're going here. But for those who don't, just hang with me. I think it's going to make sense. Possums, when they are uh, they get hit, they're dead, right? They're dead. Give it a few days, and maybe some. Um, turkey buzzards, some vultures, some other varmints will come along and pick at the, the, the possum. So eventually, what's left of the possum is the skeletal system and the tail. That's what's left of the possum. So and there's, all, there's stages of the decomposition of this possum. Well, eventually, somehow or another, the bones decompose and this is over a period of days and weeks now. Um, the tail is still left at times, but it's starting to dis- disintegrate. But even after everything, the bones are gone, the tail is gone. you know what's still left? <laughs> this is where this might be the most graphic part of this podcast today. But you know what's left of the possum? The oily patch, that greasy patch. Yeah, there's a there's a greasy kind of there's a stain on the road. And trust me, after walking and running on roads for much of my life, country roads, that greasy stain stays for a very long time. It's amazing how long, after rains, after sun, after, after time, that greasy spot on the road stays. But guess what? From the moment that the possum was hit, the possum was dead. From the moment that the possum was hit, the possum was dead. It wasn't playing dead. It was dead. But guess what? It took several weeks, even months, for the remains of that possum to finally be rid of. I think that's the picture here when we talk about the power of sin is dead. We know that sin is still so rampant in our world today. We know that sin is still a very real temptation in our own lives, don't we? And we know that even though we have been born again, we have been made alive to Christ. We have joined in the baptism of Jesus. We've joined in the crucifixion. We've joined and we will join in the resurrection. But even though those are realities, sometimes we allow the remnant of sin. Well, listen, this is it. This is it. We allow the remnant of sin to masquerade as the power of sin. That possum, once dead, stayed dead. That possum once dead had no power okay it had a remnant there was remnants of that and i think sometimes when paul is encouraging exhorting us to to consider ourselves to be dead to the power of sin to consider ourselves to reckon ourselves that 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 greek word reckon means to by faith you choose, but also by the history of the nature of the one who's promising it. So we know that God, if God promises that we are dead to the power of sin, we can't be fooled by the remnant of sin. Is that making sense? We can't be fooled. We can't be, uh, sin likes to masquerade. Uh, Sin likes to tempt us, right? Uh, The enemy likes to tempt us with sin, of course. But If we know that we've been joined with Christ, the first part of Romans 6, if we've been joined with Christ in his suffering and his baptism, and we've been raised to new life, then sin, the power of sin, is dead. And we must go about reckoning it. Reckoning it is recognizing it, believing by faith and choosing to believe the character of the one who says it's dead more than believing the masquerading of the remnant of sin that's tempting us to believe that sin has power that it doesn't have. That dead possum had no power, just like our sin. Wow. Sin has no power over us. Can we choose to sin? Of course we can. But we cannot just simply chalk it up to the fact that sin has power over us. Not if we've been raised to life, not if we've been uh, crucified with Christ, not if, we've been, not if we've joined Christ in his baptism. We cannot say that power has more sin, sin has more power than Jesus does. We just simply can't say that. Now, can we be fooled by the masquerading of sin, by the remnant of sin? We certainly can, and we certainly are. But I, ch- I pray that we, We'll choose to believe. We will choose to reckon. We will choose to consider. And as my mama would say, just figure it. Just go ahead and figure it. That sin is dead. My mama was going to come back to pick me up that day. I just got lost in the moment. I got lost in the panic. I got lost in the trauma of the moment. I pray that we don't get lost in the moment of sin, the trauma of sin. We don't get lost in the temptation of sin to believe that sin has power when it doesn't. Sin, according to this passage, is like a dead possum. Can it have a, a remnant? Can it still linger? Sure, for months, for months. But does it really have power over Christ and over the life that we live in Christ? Paul would say, heavens, no, it does not. So my prayer for us today on this rainy, cool day, reckon, say that with me, reckon. I reckon that Christ is more powerful than sin. And I reckon that Christ has already done something with sin. And I reckon that my sin is dead. The power of sin is dead. I am dead to the power of sin. And I reckon that I am alive to Christ. I'm alive to God through Jesus Christ. Amen? So, do yourselves a favor today. Start reckoning. Reckoning that sin, the power of sin is dead in your life. And reckon that you are alive to the power of Christ in your life. We love you guys. Be blessed. Start reckoning on this rainy and cool day. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center. leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of god he's also the senior pastor of firmer's chapel a country church by a creek reaching 13 countries on four different continents for jesus and his kingdom join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power